Hi friends, this is Caleb with another episode of Something a Little Extra. This is Caleb with something a little bit extra, a side project of the Emmaus Project podcast. It's been a long time since we've chatted with each other, and so uh, hopefully uh, things are going well in your guys' life. Just to catch you up a little bit on what's going on with my life, I've been uh, been working a lot with Shiloh Bible Camp, Shiloh Bible Camp up in Donnelly, Idaho. If you're looking for uh, a good summer camp to send your kids, to send your youth group, I'd recommend Shiloh Bible Camp in Donnelly, Idaho, or one of our other longtime friends, Alaka Bible Camp, outside of Harpster, Idaho. Um, but been working with them and doing some stuff with Shiloh. Also, uh, got a chance to speak at a homeschool graduation. Uh, that was kind of exciting, a, a co-op group that uh, got together and... Uh, there was about 14 graduates and got a chance to give the commencement speech. So that was, uh, it was pretty fun, pretty exciting. Just want to say that this uh, episode is brought to you by one of our ministry friends. And the sponsor of this episode is Joshua Project. Check them out at www.joshuaproject.net. Each day they highlight a people group who is largely unreached with Christ. And um, their goal is to show you where are the people groups in the world that don't have a gospel testimony. Uh, they, they offer up their services by helping the church direct our mission efforts to those people that really need to hear the gospel. Everybody needs to hear the gospel, but there are some groups of people, people groups, that have never heard the gospel, don't have a church, don't have a Bible, uh, and the Joshua Project helps us out. Uh, so check them out. That's www.joshuaproject.net. So pretty exciting stuff. Well, for this episode, uh, just want to briefly talk about something that um, I've been talking about in my church and I thought it would be kind of a fun uh, thing for some people to think about. And uh, I want to answer the question, why should we study eschatology? Why should we study eschatology? Now, in eschatology, there are three major viewpoints. There is uh, amillennialism, which believes that we're in the millennium now and that Christ is coming back at the end. Everything just kind of ends. There's uh, postmillennialism. They believe that the church brings in the kingdom, brings in this golden age, and kind of Christianizes the world. And at the end of that, Christ comes back. And then there is premillennialism. That's what I hold, premillennialism. But what I find is there's a lot of people who don't like studying eschatology and they don't, they don't think there's a good reason to study eschatology. And I'd just like to give you a couple reasons of why you should study eschatology on a regular basis. Let me, let me start with some biblical reasons here. The first reason that you should study eschatology is it's in Scripture. And just like all Scripture, 
it's inspired by God. It comes by God. God wrote it. God took the time to tell us about these things, and so we should study it. It's also part of Scripture, therefore it's profitable. Um, there's profit to our Christian life and our daily life. Another reason is it's a major part of Scripture. I mean, just think about this for a moment. There is over 1,200 Old Testament predictions in the Old Testament. And there's about over 6,000 verses that contain prophecy in them. That would mean that the Old Testament would be 28.5% prophetic language. All right, now think of the New Testament. The New Testament has about 578 predictions. And these predictions are contained in, a, in over 1,700 verses. That means that over 27% of the New Testament is made up of prophecy. So when you put those together, that means that 27% of the Bible is prophecy. Think of it this way as well. There are roughly around 333 prophecies concerning Christ. Only 109 of those were fulfilled in his first coming, which leaves around 224 yet to be fulfilled. 23 out of the 27 New Testament books mention the Lord's coming. Jesus, by his own account, mentions the second coming at least 21 times. So let's be honest. This is a major part of the Bible, is, is prophecy. Let's think of another thing. Uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 3, it tells us that there is a special blessing for those who study and pay attention to prophecy. Later on in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 10, it tells us that Jesus is the spirit and the, the meaning of, of prophecy, meaning that as we study prophecy, we're thinking about Christ. And as believers, we're supposed to be thinking about Christ. Let me give you another one. Prophecy provides joy in the midst of affliction. It offers joy in the midst of affliction. Um, you, you depressed? You depressed in, in your spiritual life? Think about some prophecy. Think about, think about the second coming of Christ, and there's great joy in that. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, tells us that thinking of the second coming encourages us and cleanses us and gets us ready to live a holy life. Um, those are really good scriptural reasons uh, for us to study uh, prophecy, to study eschatology. Let me give you a couple more. These are probably a little bit more theological. But let, me get, let me give you a, a couple more. One, it completes the narrative that, is be, that has begun in the book of Genesis. So when we think about the entirety of Scripture, we realize that it is really a story. It's God's story. And so it completes the story. So if you have a, a found, if you have a sound foundation of the beginning and a sound foundation of the end, then you'll have a very sound uh, understanding of the middle of the job of the church. Another reason is it gives us truth about the end of history. Um, it, it, it kind of tells us what's going to happen. Now, it doesn't tell us everything, but it tells us, it tells us a lot of things. Prophecy really demonstrates the sovereignty of God over time and history. You want to see the sovereign hand of God? You want to see God working in history? Study prophecy. Here, here's another reason to study prophecy. It gives us proof of the reliability of Scripture. Think about it. 109 of these prophecies have been fulfilled in Christ. 
already. And we can point back to those prophecies that were given in Isaiah and Daniel, and we can point to Christ and the fulfillment of those in the, in the New Testament, which really is a really great proof for the reliability of Scripture. Let me give you another one. It draws our heart to worship. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, you should realize that it is a book of music. It's a book of worship. Let me give you another reason. It offers a great tool for evangelism. Now, we don't normally think of eschatology in, in apologetic terms and in evangelistic terms, but let's be honest. Let's be honest. It, it not only motivates us to share the gospel with those because we don't want them to fall under the wrath of God and, and, and be cast into the lake of fire, but then also we can say, look, this is going to be the end of history. The end of history for all of those who are outside of Christ are going to go to the lake of fire. And in today's day and age, there's a real pushback against talking about hell and evangelism. But let's be honest. That's what's going to happen. That's the truth. Eternal conscious punishment away from, from God. And uh, th that's a powerful tool in evangelism. And it's important to, to, rem to remind people that, that sin has a consequence. And that sin always brings judgment. There's another, there's another thing. I think that eschatology really guards against liberalism. Uh, liberalism is uh, not, not politically, not being political liberal, but being theologically liberal means that there's a downplaying on Scripture. There's a downplaying on um, Jesus Christ being fully God, fully man. Uh, it's a moving away and, and taking out all the myths of the New Testament. And eschatology, and a sound eschatology, and a biblical eschatology, and I would even argue a pre-millennial eschatology, guards against liberalism because it, one, promotes a literal, a grammatical, historical, normal interpretation. And let's be honest. With that kind of study of the Bible, liberalism cannot survive. Uh, so as we study the Bible literally and, and we apply it literally, liberalism cannot survive. And a good eschatology uh, is, is part of that. Another thing that it does is it demonstrates the seriousness of sin. Liberal, liberal theologians downplay the seriousness of sin and downplay the wrath of God. With, with a proper eschatology... You, you see the wrath of God and the punishment of sin. And so therefore, um, it, it guards us from some of the liberal heresies coming in. Well, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for listening to us today and listening to the Emmaus Project podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to check out our website, theemmausprojectpodcast.com. Like us on iTunes, like us on whatever uh, podcast uh, catcher you have, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, once again, also check out our sponsor for today's episode, joshuaproject.net. Well, thank you so much for listening. My name is Caleb Hilbert from the Amaze Project Podcast, and we just want to remind you that Jesus loves you.